Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. We begin today's broadcast continuing to look at another of what Shanti Feldon calls a surprising secret of highly happy marriages. Namely, that highly happy couples hang out. How eliminating physical distance can solve emotional distance. We were looking at some of the challenges that even highly happy couples encounter in finding and keeping their hangout time. And some of the creative solutions they found to be together despite these very real obstacles that could create distance. We looked at one of both is unavoidably gone a lot. Busyness and competition from others for attention. Now we turn our attention to number four, a season of marital difficulty. Let's face it, when we have hurt feelings, anger, or discord, the last thing we may want is to be with our spouses. But ultimately, it appears that that is what we most need. I don't mean we should force ourselves to be physically together and keep talking in those moments when we're furious with each other, But during a season of marital discord, spending time together instead of avoiding it actually takes on more importance. Joanne Berry is a highly respected marriage counselor and leader within the South Texas Children's Home Ministries, which is a major regional counseling center. Listen to what she says. With every couple that comes in for marriage counseling, my first question is this. On average in a week, how much time do you spend together as a couple with your attention on each other, without family, kids, TV, and so on competing for your attention? The studies of this have all found the same thing I've seen in my practice. I have never seen a couple who is having problems who is also having quality time. Never. Instead, They are having problems, so they spend less time together in order to avoid the conflict. And then what they think is the solution, avoiding each other, becomes the problem. Now obviously, there are a few people who are dealing with huge issues like an alcoholic spouse and son, and that's a different situation. But I'm talking about most couples here. And with most couples, how they fell in love was always about spending time together. So it makes no sense to get married and stop doing the thing that made you fall in love. The common ingredient in attraction and affection is time spent alone together. I tell these couples, if you aren't willing to do that quality time together, I can't help you. But if you are, I can. Barry's homework assignment is often this. She tells them to just be with each other for 30 minutes daily, during which there can be no fighting, no negativity, and to also go on a two-hour date night each week. She told Shanti that couples return with reports that things are better, but they can't figure out why. She says the reason is, they're finally spending time together again, and this really helps men especially. He thinks, okay, it's not just some vague thing like be nicer. It's 30 minutes a day. I can do that. It's such a simple solution, but it really makes a difference. Song of Solomon 5.16 says, This is my beloved, and this is my friend. It is fitting that this particular book describes a husband and wife stealing time together, away from the craziness of life. 
Most of us probably have had no idea that prioritizing hanging out and doing things together has the power to be such a good protective force around both the love and the friendship in our marriages. But highly happy couples and wise counselors agree. It really does. But don't forget, it's our attitude in how we treat each other during these times that is of utmost importance. Now let's begin to look at another of what Shanti calls a surprising secret of highly happy marriages. Namely, that highly happy couples don't tell it like it is. What happens when you give brutal honesty the boot? What? Really? Stay with me. We're going to look at the way words can build or destroy. Seem okay in one situation, but not another. Make you happy, but maybe make your spouse miserable. At its heart, we're going to look at the power of kindness. You hear those two words, brutally honest, together all the time these days. People say what you'd expect, that being brutally honest with each other is important in a relationship. You have to put it out there. Make sure you're calling it exactly like it is, not pull any punches. But Shanti says that she's never heard a single highly happy couple use those words. You know, that surprised Shanti, so she became more intentional about verifying it. She tells the story this way. I met a woman who was blessed with a very happy marriage and a cleverly sarcastic sense of humor. Shanti asked what was the role of brutal honesty in her marriage. The lady repeated the words, brutal honesty? Then she said, no, no, no. She went on, sure, in marriage you absolutely need to be able to share things that make you want to jump out a window. I need to anyway. I need to know I can go deep with him. But that's also when I have to be the most careful to not hurt him. As Shanti continued to gather data, she concluded, highly happy couples treat one another with intentional kindness. They joke and they challenge but they try to never do it in ways their mate would perceive as disrespectful or hurtful. In one question, she asked the survey takers to evaluate how much consideration their mates show when they are alone together. And she learned that highly happy couples weren't just putting on a show. Behind closed doors, they put in just as much effort to be considerate with their spouses as they did with friends in public. 71% of the yes spouses said their mate usually puts in as much or more effort into being considerate with them in private as they did while on their best behavior in public. But only 55% of mostly happy and just 28% of struggling spouses agreed. But then the second question pointed directly at the person taking the survey and asked essentially, Okay, then how are you doing at being considerate yourself? Interestingly, most survey takers' assessment of themselves wasn't that far off from what their spouses believed about them. 75% of highly happy spouses tried to be just as considerate in private, where only 46% of struggling spouses did. The one exception was that far more struggling spouses thought they were being considerate. So either they are deluded, which is always a possibility, trying hard but not succeeding, also a possibility, or their spouses simply weren't giving their efforts enough credit. In any case, the struggling relationships are lacking a perceived or actual kindness. 
Neither spouse feels like their mate is a supportive, safe haven in a stressful, harsh world. By contrast, one reason the highly happy couples are so happy is that they value kindness rather than telling it like it is. Instead of letting their conversations be seasoned with brutal honesty, these couples choose to follow the Apostle Paul's advice to the church in the ancient city of Colossae, to let your conversations be always full of grace. They understand the power of words to destroy and that nowhere is this power to be more in control than in the relationships that matter to us most. After Shanti had talked about these findings at a speaking engagement, one woman asked, But shouldn't we be able to let our guard down with our spouses and not be on our best behavior? Should we have to walk on eggshells? Isn't marriage supposed to be the one safe place we can be ourselves and not so on all the time? Yes, of course. But treating your spouse with kindness is not the same thing as walking on eggshells. As one person put it, You should be able to let your guard down. You should be able to be relaxed and safe. You should be able to make mistakes and have your spouse forgive you. But that doesn't mean it's okay to have a pattern of treating your spouse poorly. Several have asked Shanti whether she's suggesting that we censor ourselves instead of being honest. Not at all. Over and over she heard things like this commented from one happy husband. So often it's not just what you say, but how you say it that matters. Have you ever overheard a wife or a husband talking about their spouse in a derisive tone, you know, almost rolling their eyes at them, and then thought, would you ever have said those things to a close friend or even a casual acquaintance? If not, why would you ever say that to the person you're supposed to love the most? They could have asked exactly the same types of questions, but if they were in a tone of, help me understand, it would have felt like they actually cared about them. In Shanti's research, that was the line the yes couples advised others never to cross. If you wouldn't say it that way to a close friend, don't say it that way to your spouse. We've probably all experienced cultural differences in how couples approach the issue of openness and candor. And Shanti found this to be true. But she found that kindness and caring for the other person's feelings was universal. As one wife told her, Yeah, he can get on my last nerve sometimes, and I tell him so. But getting in someone's face sometimes isn't the same thing as being unkind. I can be vocal and still be careful of his feelings. It's a matter of understanding where he draws the line. One pastor told Shanti, Culturally, things are expressed differently. The expression of displeasure may be more demonstrative and passionate, yes. But disrespect is disrespect. And I cannot think that a happily married couple would ever be okay with that. And interestingly, Shanti found that cultural distinction was not universal. About half of the responders said they believed they could be more expressive and still be kind, and the other half disagreed. Well, our time's quickly disappeared today. We'll continue this topic next week. Have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, 
go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.